Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast brought to you by Hy-V and Toyson Ford. Dan Casper here with you as always for every episode of the podcast. Big thanks for tuning in. Coming up, we're going to talk with uh, Brandon Berg. Brandon, our good buddy, is going to be back on. We're going to talk some Brewers with him, with the Brewers getting ready to start their spring training games. Also, we got another top five coming at you. Uh, let's just say an interesting one. This was Brandon's idea, okay? Top five bears of all time. So uh, it kind of went down a crazy path. Not going to lie. Kind of went down a crazy path. That's going to be at the back end there. But I want to begin this episode of the podcast. We finally heard for the first time from the new Packers defensive coordinator, Jeff Hafley, the other day. What are your first impressions of the new defensive coordinator? What stood out to me, well, first of all, he he, he kind of highlighted or talk, talked about some stuff that we had heard, so he kind of confirmed it, right? So, I think for one, for maybe a lot of fans out there, when when you heard him say, I like to play press man, I mean, people were already probably ready to build a statue for the guy. You know, a little um, over-exaggerating, obviously, but that was that's a big thing that Packers fans have wanted this defense to do. So we heard about it. He confirmed it. It's like, all right, here we go. But the big thing that really stood out to me is something I feel like we have been saying for a long time. For a long time. And it's like, he said it word for word. It's something that I've been saying, a lot of you have been saying, and he almost said it word for word. We have got to put our players in a position to succeed. How many times have we said that like it felt like we weren't getting that it felt like players were being at times out of position maybe again one of my favorite quotes from Kevin Green players not in a position to quote affect games it felt like that for how long right we talked about that we vented about it and to hear Hayfley Mentioned it a few times in just that first 10 minutes. And if you haven't listened to to the whole thing, I mean, he he mentions it quite a bit throughout his presser. But to put players in a position to affect games, put them in a position to succeed. Because I think a lot of us feel like there's certain players on this defense that are they in a position to succeed? Are they in the best position for themselves for for this defense. So to hear him kind of come out and and say that, that was like ding right away for me. All right. Now I know. Talk's cheap. Actually have to see it on a field, right? We got to see it. Got to see it produced. And I know some of you said, you know, will he be involved or asked, would he be involved in, you know, with the draft process, maybe finding players to fit his style of defense. Goody kind of mentioned that a couple weeks ago when he had his end-of-the-season presser. And the reports out there that Jeff Hafley was hired or was going to be the defense coordinator, so they already talked about that. And Goody 
kind of already mentioned that, you know, definitely would, would you know, kind of pick his brain and such and find guys or, or see what his style is and fits his needs and such. So to hear him say that, ding, ding. If you listen to the whole thing, he talks about, and one of the things that you heard others talk about, players, Richard Sherman was one of them and such, you know, detailed, or, you know, grinder. We've heard that about Matt LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers has said that about Matt LaFleur, just a grinder. And and we hear this about about Hayfley, too. And, and he talks about being a teacher and a really good teacher. But the thing that uh, – the other thing that really stood out to me, too, was making their defense so these guys can just go out there and ball and play fast and play – with their hair on fire. Not thinking. How many times have, have we talked about whether different sports, but mostly football, but it's like when you get to that point where you're not thinking and you're just doing. Simplifying the defense, but but so that you are allowing your players to play fast. Not overcomplicating things. I mean, I think that's where a lot of times you see that communication issue. I mean, it felt like not every game, not every snap, but it felt like at times when we're looking at that defense, whether it's on TV or if you're at the game, miscommunication, guys not understanding what to do, still trying to line up, still trying to figure out positioning right when the ball snapped. But a lot, but that that was ding number two for me when he talked about Making sure that these guys, you know, not not to like say that he's not going to have a uh, you know wide ranging defense or a, a versatile defense, but but teaching it and 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 calling it and and putting it together so that these guys can go out there, not have to overthink about it, just go out there, react, and play. Speed, 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 right? Playing at their level, highest level. So that was ding number two. Ding number three, I'm, I'm going to kind of combine a couple things. When he talked about, when he answered Tom Silverstein's question about pass rush. And then the other part when he gets to the to the safety talk. But he talked about exotic looks. And he talked about how you have to get after the quarterback. You've got to put pressure. He did say, you know, there's certain times maybe, you know, it's a lot of down and distances, right? That part where he talked about down and distances. But he talked about exotic looks. Got to get after the quarterback. Uh, having that safety at the back end that could do so much. A few times he's talked about players playing with their hair on fire. But I guess where I'm getting at is like, the, he, he talked about the exotic nature of this defense, putting pressure on a quarterback, having that back-end safety that's all over the field, a guy that could come up and help stop the run, a guy that could play man coverage, a guy that could go sideline to sideline. Those were just a few of the things that really stood out to me. And, and overall, you know, what – Again, these are just first impressions, but overall you're you're starting to maybe paint a picture of what maybe this defense can look like based off of what you're hearing him say. It's like, okay, this is what you want to do. You know, it's kind of like 
this is, might be a bad example. Let's say it's like a police sketch. You're, you're describing something, and you're trying to put it together, and you're drawing it all out. Okay, he's he's describing his defense, so you're trying to envision it. you got your marker board out, and you're, you're writing it all out there, and you're envisioning it, because that's what I do. Maybe I'm the only one because I'm a nerd that way. But I'm like, oh, all right. We got the pressure at the quarterback. Okay. We got we got corners, you know, getting their hands on guys like he said. Press man, he loves to play press man. All right, and then that safety, you know, I'm thinking, oh, can we get like a Kyle Hamilton type of safety at the pack? I know it's not fair to put that comparison to a safety out there already, but it's like that's what he's describing. I'm like, oh, come on now, you're painting that picture. You're like Bob Rossing it, and it's like, all right, because after listening to him, I got a little excited. First impressions, I know. But I got a little excited. I was like, all right, this is the stuff I wanted to hear. This is the mindset I wanted to hear from from a defensive approach. And I feel like this is the stuff that a lot of Packers fans wanted to hear too. An aggressive defense. A defense that he wants his corners to play press man. He wants... A back-end safety, a dominant safety at the back-end. That's got to be a priority. I think that that signifies now that this is going to be a priority in the offseason. That post-safety, get ready for fans to use that term all the time now. Was star corner when Joe Barry got in here. Now it's going to be post-safety with uh, with Jeff Hafley. But we're all excited right now. I'm excited. I, I, I mean, this is a lot of the stuff that we have wanted our defense to do. We're we're being told this. We're we're kind of being sold, right? We're we're, we're being sold on this approach, on this scheme. And I'm excited. I'm really excited about this. Like, can we get to preseason right now? Like, can we just can we get rolling here? I wanna I wanna see this in action. And I think if I'm a player and I'm hearing this stuff and I'm hearing this from from my new coordinator. How do you how do you not get excited about that? How do you not get excited when you hear your coordinator say, "I want you to play with your with your hair on fire. I want you to play so you're not overthinking things. I want you to be aggressive." How do you not get excited about that? I I feel like you should. And I think what Probably a lot of uh, fans, you know, when when you heard his opening remarks talking about the Mecca that is Green Bay. Now, is that his? Was that his belief throughout a uh, bigger part of his life? Like he kind of alluded to, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was a little, you know, shout out to to the fans and such. But hey, we, that's something we heard about when he was first hired. Was like he was drawn to the aura of the G. Of that packer of the Packers, but I I I can't wait to see this in action. I really can't. It's, I, I'm excited and I'm pumped, and I hope it all works out. That's we we don't know if it's going to work out. We don't know if this is going to be a home run. There may be some growing pains with it, but I think if I were a player in that locker room right now. And I hear some of that stuff, and I heard some of that stuff from from my new coach. I'm motivated. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to 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 hit the ground running. 
I think if you're Jair, you're excited. I think if you're you know, Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, you're excited about pressure, Quay Walker, Kenny Clark. Safety, I don't know who's going to be on the ball club right now at this point in time. So that that might be one of those moves where it's a draft and a free agent pickup. Who the heck knows? But it's definitely an important piece. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to talk some brewers with our guy, Mr. Brandon Berg, after these quick words. We are always looking to save a little money in our pockets, but we still need our essentials like our grocery items. So how do you save money while also getting what you need for your family? Hy-Vee Perks. If you shop at Hy-Vee, you're already getting a great deal on quality items throughout the store. But now you can save more money with Hy-Vee Perks on different items each week. Saving some money is easy if you shop at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. So take advantage of these awesome deals and sales and stop on over at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire today. Brandon, we were just talking about him, so we might as well get into it. Props to you, because you had mentioned it a couple weeks ago, that you would like to see the the Brewers sign Brandon Woodruff to a two-year deal. And lo and behold, they did that. So I got to imagine you like this deal. You you like the fact that they're bringing him in. And we don't have to go through the money thing because it's a couple million for, for the first year. Then it's like five in a second. Then it's a mutual option after that. Or a... Ten million dollar buyout, right? Which is a big chunk of change. It is, but yeah, no, I do. Um, I don't know ultimately how or if Brandon Woodruff's going to be able to come back. It's it's a significant injury, Mm -hmm. especially you know being now in his early thirties. Right. But above all else, I'm just glad he's going to have that opportunity to do in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like. He was close to signing with another team until Milwaukee kind of came in at the the last seconds with this. And I don't know if it was just the the uh, good old negotiating tactics, you know, sort of thing. But I mean, how much do you think of a benefit it's going to be for this team for this year to have him around a team? Because it sounds like he's going to rehab in Milwaukee. You know, I don't know if he's going to be in the dugouts or in the clubhouse with the team or following the team on road trips. But considering Freddie is going to be the new number one, and him and Brandon have been together for for the last few years. You got some younger guys coming into the starting rotation. How big of a benefit do you think that's going to be to have Woody potentially around this this ball club? I think it helps just because he's a veteran, and for a lot of those youngsters, you know, even if they haven't been around him, they were if they were in the organization when he was there. I think that kind of gives you a certain amount of clout that you know, if, hey, if this guy's going to give me some advice, maybe I should listen because you know he's been very successful. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's a good thing with, you know, what could be a much younger rotation once you get outside the top couple of people. Mm-hmm. So we got uh first spring training game coming up tomorrow uh, already for the crew. Uh, we talked about it the other day, but again, you're my Brewers guy. So we're embarking the 20th year of Mark Anasio as, as owner for the crew. And for the last few years, he has been polarizing lightning rod. I mean, uh, for, for some Brewers fans. But if you had to do a job performance review of Mark Anasio, the owner, for the last 20 years, how would you assess it? How would you grade it? I mean, because, you know, especially after the Corbin Burns trade and, you know, with, with a stadium financing, he's kind of been criticized a lot by, by Brewers fans. But when you look at it overall and you look at this run for, for postseason appearances, and you and I are the same age where – our first playoff appearance was 2008 that we experienced. 
right? That was our first one that we got to. And who was the owner? It was Mark, you know. So when you look at it, his 20 years, how would you assess his job performance? I would say overall he's done well. Um, if I had to give it a grade right now, I would probably say like a B. Maybe I could be talked into a B plus just because of the grand scheme of things. When you look at where this franchise was when he first took over mm-hmm. to now, it's a remarkable change. I mean, I, I listened to you talk earlier this week when you kind of you know deep dived into this on your own, and you know in the late nineties into the early two thousands, the Brewers were worse than bad. They were irrelevant. Yeah, people didn't care. Yeah. They were the way that the Bucks kind of were for a long period of time, where you know even when you know they would. In like the later '90s, they would consistently win like mid '70s of games. They go like '76 and '86, and there were some talented players on those teams. But that team just never really had that foothold in the state. Now, at that time, obviously, you know, Packers, Badgers, mm-hmm. you know, were were taken up, and rightfully so. But it really they were like there. They were there, and it was like I had a hat, but I didn't really follow them, right? You know? And I, I think a lot of other things kind of come into play, like. You know, if it wasn't for radio, like, it was tougher to find the team because at the time they weren't really broadcast that much. Mm-hmm. I guess in some ways kind of full circle right now. But, mm-hmm. um, but, and then, yeah, Mark Anasio takes over or buys the team as a majority owner in the mid-2000s, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And that kind of coincides with, you know, the rise of the franchise because of that, you know, young position player group of Braun, Fielder, Weeks, Hart, Hardy. Mm-hmm. You know, you already had Ben Sheets in place. Yep. You know, you just, I just feel like maybe it kind of gave fans, especially younger fans, I think, something to grab onto. Yeah. Because certainly in the latter 90s and early 2000s, the Brewers kind of had that reputation of like, well, they never keep anybody. Mm-hmm. You look at all the really good players they had and they all got traded. Jeremy Burnett's. Carlos Lee. Carlos Lee, as you get into the earlier, two, mm-hmm. yeah, that was more earlier 2000s, but Jeff Cirillo, Mark Loretta. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a lot of that. They're just, you know, I, I think for a lot of fans, it was tough to kind of take your time with with you know with a team when you know ultimately, well, I really like this player. Well, he's going to be traded for not much in two years anyway because none of those trades really, I don't think, yielded much. I think the first significant trade they made that actually kind of helped the team was the Richie Saxon deal. Mm-hmm. But and that was, you know, the team. As you got into later 2000s, I mean, it just became more competitive. I mean, I remember 2005, I've, I've said this on here before, but I threw a party because the Brewers did not finish with a losing record. Yeah. A couple of years later, in 2007, they're in the, you know, they're kind of in that playoff fight up until the end. 2008, obviously, they make it. And really, outs, you know, and I've said this in more recent years, but since 2017, the Brewers have played two games in the regular season that haven't meant anything. The last game of 2017 and the last game of 2022. Mm-hmm. Every other game has had playoff implications. That is unheard of in the history of the franchise. Mm-hmm. So um, if you would ask me this in 2019, my grade for Mark Anastas would probably have been an A-. minus. Um, because I think when you look at... And to me, 2019 is kind of an important line because... You look at that kind of stretch there where, like, the payroll kept rising. I believe 2019 might still be the high watermark for payroll. I think it was, like, $131 million or something like that. Remember, that was the offseason where they made the big splash with the Osmani Grandal. They brought mm. back Mike Moustakas when that wasn't expected. Like, yep. And I, I give him a pass for 2020 and 2021 because that was obviously just such a different time where it, I could understand if, you know, you know, finances were a little bit tighter with everything going on. Right. But 
you know, the last few years, it's it's been one of those things where it's like, yes, they have, they've spent some money, but when you look at kind of that high water mark, it's like, but they haven't re- got back up to that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of fans of myself included kind of thought like, well, as long as it's competitive, that could be the new normal, as opposed to, well, this is just something we did one time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what disappoints or frustrates a lot of fans. Would that be kind of related then to where, great, you know, we've we're, we've made all these postseasons and that, but now the expectations and the goals got a little bit higher. I think so. Does that relate to what you kind of? Oh, that that that's part of it too. Where, and, and really, I mean, it's not necessarily always on Mark Ananasi what the players do in the postseason. You know, mm-hmm. some Mark Ananasi was fault that, you know a Brewers team that down the stretch hit pretty well suddenly couldn't hit against the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault that, you know, Cora Burns gave up three or four home runs or whatever it was against the Diamondbacks. It's not his fault Brandon Woodruff got hurt. You know, whatever. All these different things. You know, the the playoff still is a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. You know, you all, and all you can do is, you know, put yourself in a spot where you feel okay going into it. But I think that there's, it's, to me, it's just kind of twofold. Number one, because I can remember what it was like in the early to mid two thousands, right before that, you know, mm-hmm. group of players arrived, and even late nineties, like I still cannot fully just be like, well, I don't, you know, like you know, you know, just Barkanasio sucks. He doesn't do anything good. I can't think that way, knowing that and knowing how far this franchise has come. It's important to keep that perspective. But at the same time, expectations change, mm-hmm. and now that this team has established that there is a way for it to be a consistent contender. Sometimes you'd like to see them do a little bit more to kind of maybe try to put it over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I completely agree with you. And the one thing too, I wanted to ask, you know, there, a lot of people point to him with the Josh Hader trade. You know, little Corbin Burns there too. And I mean, I I could still hear his presser after the Josh Hader trade, and a lot of his answers were, "That's a question for David." You know, that's a question for David. And and part of me, and I know he's an owner, and he can do this. You know, he can veto whatever. Probably, I would assume. You know, he's that. But do you feel like too? He's like, I'm going to let my baseball people do what they do. You know, maybe I don't understand. I know he talked about was it? Uh, I don't know if you read this interview with the Journal Sentinel, but it was like, uh, was it Lyle Overbay when when they traded him and like his wife wouldn't talk to him? She was so upset. Like his family was upset that they traded Lyle Overbay. Do you get the impression he's a? And I know there's a joke there used to be about Scott Boris. If Scott Boris needs a guy signed, he would just call Mark Anasio. Right. But it feels like, does he just let his baseball people do their job? And he may not like some of the moves or gets nervous, but that's their role. It seems like it. And then I, obviously, I think that's the right way to go. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to trust that the people you've hired to do their job can do their job. And the people that have spent their whole life in baseball know more about baseball than you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it a lot over the years in other sports, or even I guess even in baseball, where you know owners believe they know best when it comes to you know player personnel decisions. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, when you do that, you're just stepping on the toes of again the people that you've hired. Right. You know, I think it's a little bit different when you mentioned the Boris connection when, and that even happened a little bit with Reese Hoskins, where if an, if he goes to, I think it's a little bit different if he goes to, uh you know, someone like a Scott Boris and says, okay, well, you know, what if I, what if we off up the offer by 2 million? Because at the end of the day, he is the owner. It's coming out, you know, it's, yep. it's coming out of his pocket. To me, that's a little different mm-hmm. than Flap saying, I don't want you to do, you know, to sign player A, or I don't want you to trade player B. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's a lot different. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, I think that's a very important distinction that it seems as though he's made. I mean, we'll never know if there was a trade that, you know, was supposed to be made that is Knicks, but mm-hmm. I it seems to be that way with him. Right. So uh, I know, again, it's almost a week old, too, but first time I get to ask you about this, and I asked you about it on Twitter uh, last uh, last Saturday, but the athletic article about Sal Freelick, uh potentially playing some, some infield. And then, lo and behold, the Brewers posted a video later that day of him taking grounders at, at third base. And he played a, like a lot of probably major league ballplayers, played shortstop at high school, you know, and really hasn't played the infield in college or, or since then. But it was an interesting piece. Talked about Dustin Pedroia, and, and obviously Murphy's got the connection with Pedroia and such. And Sal Freelick's favorite player was Pedroia. Grew up in Boston and, and all that. But your thoughts on Sal Freelick potentially playing the infield? I don't want to set the bar like next Mookie Betts, you know, sort of thing because that's really high to, to, to do that. But your thoughts on Sal Freelick because that's something we didn't really talk about, and we know that the outfield depth, that young depth, we kept saying. Who's the odd man out? Who who's that odd man out going to be? Well, now we got another scenario here. Maybe one of them moving to the infield potentially. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, if it's something he's up to do, obviously he's an athletic guy. I mean, you're right in that it could potentially alleviate some of those outfield, you know, log jams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it's something he's up for, and it sounds like you know he's going to get the opportunity there, he's going to play there in games because I mean, you can take all the ground balls you want, but at the end of the day, you know, there's no substitute for being out there in games and kind of going through the game situations live. Yep. So, why not? I mean, I think his bat probably works better at second than third, but, you know, there's also other dominoes in play when it comes to Tyler Black and, you know, some some other people, how everything's going to work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's certainly a pathway to either of those positions for him to play. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say bat, that's for, like, power, right? You know, you, yeah, I mean, he's not, a big, he, he's, not, he's not a big power guy and... Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that, you know, neither is Tyler Black, so I'm not sure that, you know, neither is Andrew Monasterio. Like, there, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like the Brewers have, you know, that's just not something that's going to happen. It doesn't mean you can't be successful. I mean, you can, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're a good hitter, you can be a good hitter without being a big power hitter, which is generally third basemen are. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no reason not to, I guess, if that's something he's up for. He's certainly, you know, kind of got the athletic profile for it, so... You know, give her a shot and see because if suddenly you got a guy that can play second and third, you know that's that's a big thing for you. With spring training, the first game coming up, and I know it's always kind of hard to kind of look at because there's a lot of games. It's not like football preseason where you can see individual, you know, three games and look at players. But you know, with this, and I know pitchers are working on a lot of stuff, so maybe don't freak out about pitching numbers. You know, when it comes to these games, but with spring training opening up, with with the games starting tomorrow for for the Brewers. Is there anything player-wise, Pat Murphy-wise, anything that you're kind of maybe curious to see, follow along, or maybe kind of watching with, with these games? Um, I'm just kind of curious to watch all the young guys, I guess, mm-hmm. because there's a bunch of them, and just see, be it hitters or pitchers, just kind of what they look like, because there's a lot of them that are going to go into spring training with an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And certainly we know all the outfielders, someone like Tyler Black, who really doesn't have much left to prove it, at triple a kind of yeah. the same thing with joey ortiz who one of the guys that came over in the corbin burns trade like there's just a lot of guys right now that they're kind of on the if they're not in the majors they will be this year and that's i think really exciting and you know spring training is always a chance to kind of 
you'll see them and you don't want to put too much stock in. Oh, well, you know, he's hit the ball, cover up the ball in spring training because, I mean, there's examples over the years where sometimes it means, you know, it translates to the regular season. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, but I think just seeing some of those, you know, young guys get an opportunity because obviously that's going to be a big part of if the Brewers are successful this year is how the the Freelix and the Garrett Mitchells and the Joey Weemers and when he gets, you know, to the majors, Jackson Churios and Tyler Blacks of the world do. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think, and I know we, we won't know until the real games probably start, but with Pat Murphy coming in, older manager, you know, longtime college coach, you know, Notre Dame, Arizona State, interim coach for the Padres there for a little bit. But with all this speed, and I saw some of the projections, I, I'm sure you saw like the top five dark horses to lead stolen bases was Jackson Chirio and Bryce Terang. Do you feel like that with Pat Murphy coming in, we may see a little bit of an older school approach and being more aggressive on the base pass, stealing bases like that, where maybe, I, not to say they're going to completely abandon abandon analytical stuff or anything like that, but could you see that potential, maybe a little bit more of an old school mind approach with, with and this? I, I would like to see it, but it's not even necessarily because it's kind of a bit antithetical for uh, kind of analytics, just because I think it's, what your team it's how your team is just kind of built mm-hmm. so uh and if you know you have a bunch of people that can steal a bunch of bases like use it you know and the like the first year that Craig council with the brewers like they stole a ton of bases you know Aaron Perez had a 30 steal season like you had Keon Brox and you had just so many guys that could steal bases and they really took advantage of that but then you know kind of as they got further in the tenure and they he got more in the way of power hitting it kind of went away so I would like to see that just because I think it's a good usage of the talent you have. I mean, mm-hmm. you have a bunch of guys on the roster that you're or you're anticipating are going to be in the roster that you could steal 20 or 30 bases at least. And I think that's just something that, you know, something the Diamondbacks did with great success last year. Right. You know, not as quite as much in the postseason, but they were success, still successful doing it. Like, I think that's something that can really put a lot of pressure on the opposing teams. And I would like to see them do it simply because I think it's – a way they could win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, and Brandon and I are going to do our top five plus after these quick words. Are you thinking of taking a spring break trip this year? Or maybe you're already eyeing up that summer vacation, but you're not quite sure if you have the proper transportation for those road trips. Hey, that's where Toys and Ford can help you. Toys and Ford has a wide selection of new and used vehicles for you to check out. And at Toys and Ford, they treat you like an honored guest. They will work with you on financing no matter what your budget may be. So if you're looking for that new vehicle this year, head to Toys and Ford, located at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa Falls. We're back. Brandon still sitting across from me for another top five plus. We reveal a our top five on various random lists that we come up with. The plus indicating because we always usually have some honorable mentions, which it sounds like this time I've got more honorable mentions than you do. It's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, I know, right? So, I okay, you're the one who thought of this. How and why did you come up? I don't with have a good answer one? to that. Well, I was top five bears. Top five bears. So when you texted me if we were doing a top five, and uh, I asked if you had any, um, if you had any suggestions, suggestions, and you said bears, and I thought you were going to go with an office route, so I texted back saying beats, and then what did you text back? 
Oh, I think I. Text- oh, you don't like them. I don't like these. Yeah. No. I was going, no. Yeah. And, like, and I knew what you were doing, but sure I'm did. just like. Sure you did. No, yeah. I don't want no. All right. So, we're going random. Top five bears, but plus some honorable mentions. Since I've got five honorable mentions, should I go first? Yes. Okay. In no particular order with the honorable mentions, okay? No particular order. Like, not ranked over here. Uh, I'm going to go gummy bears. Gummy bears are one of my favorite candies of all time. Not the hard ones. you got to have a soft gummy yeah. bear. Yeah. You know? Like, there's different types. I, would yeah. I don't want to throw uh, brand names under the bus. No, no, like we that. don't. But there's some that are you really hard. Are. I like the soft gummy bears over there. Um, orange, best flavor. Best flavor. Uh, I am going to go, people, if we did this, if we threw this out for a lot of people, probably would have him as top five. Eh, he's okay. Ted the Bear. The the movie Ted the Bear. Um, the reason being I kind of downgraded a little bit. Okay, movies are funny in that. But it's the same voice as Peter Griffin. And I can't get Peter Griffin out of my head when I watch Ted or see Ted. So he gets knocked for that. Yogi Bear cartoon. Yogi Bear. He, he's on there. Um, I am going to go. You remember the book Corduroy? Yeah. I had that book as a kid. So Corduroy is on there. And then finally, because Hudson, my kid, watches this all the time, Paddington Bear. There you go. Number five. So those are my honorable mentions. Big guy. Where are you at for All your right. honorable mention? I just had one I had to add, so. And it wasn't <laughs> one you said, just something. Okay. Okay. My four honorable mentions. Number one, Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Okay. They're a package deal. Number two, Winnie the Pooh. Yep. Winnie the Pooh and all of his friends in the 100 Acre Wood, but Winnie yep. the Pooh first and foremost. Number, my other, another honorable mention for me, Polar Bears. Preferably ready to hand you a nice cold Coca-Cola because mm. they, are, they, are, they are willing to do that. Solid pole. And my last one, Bears Driving Tiny Cars. Okay, I know what you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I you thought can of see another the visual. one. You can see the visual. I thought of another one. Go for it. I thought of another one, but I'm going to do this. I'm actually putting them in my top five, and I'm taking one out and putting it on a mention. Okay. I'm taking Winnie the Pooh out. Okay. And this one's going to go in my top five. Okay. So, number five. Number five. Number five. This is not who I added. So the person I added is actually at number four now. Ooh. But number five, I was a big fan of them as a kid. They had a setup over there at Valley Fair when I was a kid. The Bernstein Bears. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. He I th- had all those books. That's Valley a- Fair had a thing, like a, I think it's Snoopy now, but it was all Bernstein Bears. Nice. Yep. That's a good get. Number five. My number five bear is Walter Payton. I didn't have any athletes in this one because I cannot pick Bears players. Walter Payton. I'm just one of, like, I don't care. Like, you, obviously, you and I are. Not in the business of being Bears fans. Yeah. I don't care how you can not you cannot not like Walter Payton. No, sweetness. Absolutely. Yeah. So Walter yeah. Payton number five. Uh, I, I can get on that board. Number four, Bear Grills. He's this is this is why I like this topic because it's so <laughs> wide open. And my my number three, you are gonna get mad at me about. Uh yeah, Bear Because that, I'm taking some liberties. Okay. <laughs> I just that was the one I thought of. I'm like, oh, Bear Grills. I mean, who hasn't watched something with Bear Grills? Uh, one of his best is when he's with Marshawn Lynch and trying to survive out there just because Marshawn Lynch is awesome. But, yeah, Bear Grylls, come on. Everybody wants to do a Bear Grylls, including Michael Scott from The Office. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, number four. Number four, speaking of The Office, some from The Office would say that a black bear is the best bear. However, for me, just number four. Oh, black okay. bears, See, good bears. I went a, a little bit of a different route than you. I don't know if you're going to like my three. I don't know if you're going to get it. 
So you're already teasing this one. This one, this one, I feel like you're not gonna. You're gonna be like, oh, good pull. The bear from Anchorman. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> the, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, when, right? Yeah, when uh, Veronica gets thrown into the bear enclosure, yep. and then when Baxter goes down there yeah, and saves fights it. him off because they they they've. Yep. He know I, I can't remember the name of the bear, but Baxter has met the bear in yep. his travels. That's, yeah, his family. Yes. Yes, that's his family. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can Google it uh, right now. Um, oh, what what is it? I don't know if it's got uh, the bear's name on there, but you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, when the when the bear comes out and yes, yeah, and, and then Baxter's Baxter like barks talking. and says that he knows. Yep. Yes. 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 So that uh, that's yeah. I got the bear from Anchorman. Your number three. Why I've got am I the get biggest. I have the biggest poop eating grin on my face for this one, <laughs> because as I said, I'm taking liberties. My number three favorite bear, Barry Sanders. Oh God, you're a, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's annoying. <laughs> I like my list so much better now than yours. A Barry Sanders. Come, Come on, on, bear. What your number two is probably going to be like wild berries or something wild, like that. Uh, oops, I'll bury Captain Crunch <laughs> or Crunch Berries. I did not. No, my my other two get back on track, but that was one room like I got to put that in. Oh, uh, you are so lame, dude. You are so lame. <laughs> uh, Barry Sander. You can't have two running backs in this. There should have been a rule. Why? Just because I don't have a quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number two. Two versions of him, both great. Baloo the Bear from the Jungle Book, the cartoon one, but also the the I don't I don't think it's called live action, but it wasn't the cartoon one. But Bill Murray voiced Baloo in the in the Jungle Book movie. Uh come on, now. the Bear Necessities, the simple Bear Necessities. How do you not like Baloo, regardless of that? Baloo, right? Number two. I guess I, in hindsight, you, I mean. You, I, I appreciate the amount of thought you've put into this in a short period of time. Yeah. In hindsight, maybe I should have just put the entire cast of Tailspin in as an honorable mention. But um, I will say that T.C. Bear, the mascot for the Twins, would have made an honorable mention for me, except he doesn't wear pants, and I don't like that. Neither does the. Neither does Yogi. But he. But like, why wear a shirt if you're not? I. I... Okay. That's what annoys me about the. Uh, what's the toilet paper commercial with the bears in it? Yeah. It annoys me that they were like. Freaking out that the kids' un- underwear was on the ground, yet they're not wearing pants. Mm, okay. I can't respect those bears. All right. My number two bear you mentioned earlier, gummy bears. I love gummy bears. Nice. All, All kinds right. of flavors. Like I mentioned, I agree with you. They have to be the softer kind. But yeah. in college, we made alcoholic gummy bears. Delicious. Okay. You soak them in. So I mean, it's like Jello shots. Yeah, you just yeah, yeah. you just soak. We soaked them in. I forget if it was vodka or what. But yep. Yep. Ate too many of them. Definitely got gut rot, but it was worth it. Mm. Uh, I thought of another honorable mention, Care Bears. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Care, Bear Care Bears there. Over there. So, uh, my number one's easy, though. It's Smokey the Bear. Because, well, my aunt worked for the Forest Service. So, I got I was buds with Smokey the Bear. I have, Brandon, a Smokey the Bear t shirt. Nice. I still wear Smokey the Bear. Only you can prevent Forest Service. I had a Smokey Bear poster as a kid. I'm a little disappointed how Smokey passes the buck with, for, with forest fire safety. Why can't he do anything about it? He just says only you can prevent forest fires. But why you do- should like him. You know why? What's that? He wears pants. He does. That's true. This gives him points in he my book. He wears jeans. So, just saying. 
He has his positives, but I, I still feel he passes. What, the what do you what do you want to what do you want him to do? He he. I mean to to stop fires. Well, I mean, you know what would be a much more clever catchphrase? Only you, with me helping out, can prevent forest fires. Like he admit he says, "Hey, I'll help," but it's still on you. He's like, helping by you take the personal message. responsibility, but I'll be there to help too. Why should he help for people's idiotic crap that they do out there? We can say that about a lot of things in life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, he can't be in every forest, though, can he? Can he? I don't know. Can he? I don't know. I think I actually had bears a Smokey really the Bear stuffed animal, too, nice. as a kid. Where are your Smokey I the took Bear? The... Do you still have the Smokey the Bear shirt? Yeah. Wear it next week. Okay. Um, I took the Junior Ranger written test and passed it when I was a kid. Hudson's got a bunch of Smokey Bear stuff. Nice. So, yeah, number one, easy. Smokey the Bear. My number one is very easy. When I say it, you're going to go, okay, that makes sense. My number one bear, the Ham's Bear. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the, ha- the Ham's Bear is like a treasure trove when it comes to, like, collectibles. Yeah. Like, people, when they look for Ham's collectibles, they want the Ham's Bear on it. Mm-hmm. And for a while, you couldn't. But now you can again, I think. so. But the Ham's Bear, the best bear. From you- the land of sky blue waters. <laughs> you know, when you first approached this certain topic... I didn't think there was going to be a lot, and now there's just like a crap ton that we could have exactly we could have thrown out there. Exactly. There's one obvious one you and I both didn't throw out there. Uh, what's the uh the the three bears? The three bears. Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Thank you. No, we didn't. Goldilocks we didn't. got what was coming to her. I say. Going to somebody's house, she's trespassing. Yeah, she's eating I, well, I'd food. agree with that. I would agree with that. But I mean, that's where we should probably give a little love to the bears for standing their ground. They stood their ground, but they didn't. You know, they didn't like mm-hmm. mauler. Do I mean Kung Fu Panda for maybe some younger people? Out that's there. good one. Yeah. Uh, Jack Black, shout out Jack Black, over there. Um, Bear in the Big Blue House. Oh, I forgot about that one. I have not seen. He's the, a friendly. I mean, I haven't seen it forever, but he's a friendly dude back in the day. I haven't seen the movie. Um, Bear, the bear or whatever. It's like the cocaine bear or whatever. I was going to say, yeah. cocaine bear, yeah. Cocaine bear. I haven't seen it, so I, I can't I, put that out there. So. I can't speak on cocaine bear. Oh, I should have. One of my favorite um, Disney movies of all time, we have it on, on Blu-ray, is the Robin Hood one. And Little John is a bear. Yes, he is. Isn't Robin Hood a fox? Yeah. Darn it. Should have made a top 15 one for this one. But not in Nottingham. That's Robin Hood, right? Nottingham is. Is that a song? No, and they're heard? singing in the jail. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to have to check. I'm going to have to listen to that one. Yeah, you will. So, all right, this one turned in a little bit. We didn't, I we didn't knew, even see. I knew this one would break out. We didn't even say, uh, was it uh, Fozzie the Bear from, uh, Bear, yeah. from, from Muppets over there, too. So Not the greatest comedian, but he tries. Waka waka. In case you're wondering, Mike Birbiglia, a comedian, has a great story about uh, doing comedy with a mu- during a Muppet show. Really? And Fozzie okay. Bear. It's He is one of my favorite comedians and it is a very good, nice, very fun sketch. All right. So there you go. There's our like top 10 plus almost. I knew this one would blow up. There you I go. I knew it. Uh, that's going to end it uh, for this episode of the podcast. Again, big thanks to our sponsors, Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. Please still sponsor us after that top five plus. Uh, what are your there? favorite bears? <laughs> I want to know. I would like a bear rug for the man cave. I would. I think it'd be cool. That you got a fireplace. Dark. 
a fake one. That works. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it, though, for this episode. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget, if you got a few seconds, five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple and a positive review. Especially so, after this one. Yeah, uh, so others can find the podcast. Until next time, we will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.